Hello everybody, welcome once again to the Higher Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and coach of Higher, an all-round legend, Mr. Matty Banza, Virga Mason. Yeah, how you going, Matty? Good, man, we're back. We're back. We are back. Look, we had never left, okay? We'd never left. Um, it's just things are getting busy. Things are very busy, and that's no excuse. You know what I love, Matty, more than anything? I love consistency. Mm. I love things being consistent. Um, and so with that, I apologize to the loyal and legendary listeners of the High Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I do apologize, but we haven't been slacking off. We haven't been um, doing nothing. We haven't been lazy. We've been working and uh, on the mats and off the mats, trying to make this school better and... Um, I think we're doing that, Maddie. So, you know, that's not your problem, people. But um, Maddie and I endeavor to do our best and to keep being here mm-hmm. and keep throwing those potty episodes up there. The aim is every fortnight. Um, I know we haven't been as diligent with that, but we're getting there and we're working on it. And we're here right now. And without further ado, we come to you. Ooh. Hey, hey with a new podcast episode and this is a great one they're always great aren't they Matty mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Matty have you ever heard of the the quote the saying you can't manage what you can't measure no I think it's like Peter Drucker who's like a entrepreneur no. um, well in any case that's what he says you can't measure you can't manage what you can't measure so how do you measure jiu-jitsu it's an interesting question and it comes from a couple different points of view because a lot of the times if you're really focused on competing, let's say, and you have goals in competition jiu-jitsu, then you can measure your progress by maybe how well you did in a comp. Yep. Um, what about if you're not really super keen on competing and jiu-jitsu is like a just is your hobby? and it's something that you love to do, how do you measure it? Like, how do you measure um, progress? I mean, the obvious answer is going to be your belt and stripes, but that's such a vague answer that's... It's almost like you have no control over those, though. Yeah. You do have control over certain things, Um, and that's what we're going to speak about today, right? Just the fact that it'd be nice to put some... I wouldn't say quantitative, but... Mm some measures on 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 this journey of jiu-jitsu because a lot of the times you know everyone says you just it's an unlimited journey and there's no end to this journey which is fair enough i understand that and i'm a black belt so i really do understand that um the fact that i don't have any belts to like look forward to anymore like i'm like i'm at i'm at the black belt mm. um but i'm still learning and i'm still improving probably more than i ever have um, and there needs to be a, a time, like a, a way to kind of assess how we're doing. You know, um, any thoughts on it so far, Mr. Mateos? Uh, it's such, I mean, not, yes, I have many thoughts on it, but none that I can uh, appropriately verbalize okay. just yet. Well, look, um, you know, we spend lots of time and effort and money and other resources on jiu-jitsu. Uh, we do it because we love it, for the most part. Some people don't love it. 
we've had some students at higher that say oh, i don't love it i just do this because i know that it's good for me i know it's good for my brain i know it's good for my health they all come around they all come around eventually <laughs> they, they, come re- around. they really do um you know you're also the type of person who likes to improve quickly you know and um i guess if you're doing jujitsu then you're not a person that's on the couch just chilling out happy to just kind of eat away their life on the tv with a packet of chips like you're 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 a go-getter you're on the mats, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations so that you can in, learn skills, so that you can do better, you know, and you put your heart and soul into this endeavor and you want to know that you're doing it well and to the best of your ability, you know. So so with this, you'd like a sound, like, um, progress metric on the mats. Uh, jiu-jitsu isn't like most things, which is why we love it so much. If it was like most things, it would be like most people, and this just isn't so. Jiu-Jitsu people are legends. We're legendary. Um, Jiu-Jitsu people are awesome, really. Some of my best friends are on the Jiu-Jitsu mats. Um, So in other things, you know, you put a ball through the net, you win. You know, you touch a piece of leather and white paint, and you have all the glory. This is what we see as um, uneducated observers in these other sports. Like, let's say, rugby league and in football... In jiu-jitsu, you know, you, you, you want to train, what, to tap people, you know, but maybe you haven't been training for as long as the other person who's like, you know, the purple belt. You haven't been training as long as the purple belt. Um, so to base your performance against other students, a lot of the times is unfair to yourself. It's a fallacy. It's and complete, to your own progress. It's complete bullcrap to do so. Okay. I call it jujitsu math and it's... You shouldn't do it. All right. So what's the jiu-jitsu math? So if... Oh, jiu-jitsu math is, well, I, I beat this person mm-hmm. and they beat them. So therefore I can... I'm on that level, you know, like, no, it's not how it works. You know, it's like I beat... I was able to tap Oscar mm-hmm. who can tap everyone. So therefore I can tap everyone. Or therefore I'm on the same level. It's like not quite... It's a fallacy. Yes. So then I guess tapping people is not a good metric. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, it's it's a metric, but it shouldn't be your sole metric. Mm. I don't think tapping someone is the gold standard. And yeah. I, I feel as though you cop a lot of flack because that's kind of the end, of the, the end of the day. The end goal of jiu-jitsu is to submit someone. Yeah. But when you take into account the entire everyone else's training and they're their own individual people they're getting better you're getting better i feel as though that's the end goal Mm -hmm. so you need to have markers before your end goal you know yes like that's the finish line Mm -hmm. so how do you measure your progress to the finish line yes uh yeah and if it's not the finish line, let's say you didn't tap anyone today, does that mean that you failed in you're your... Just, you're just getting worse. You suck. You shouldn't yeah. even come back. Well, no, no, no. right? Um, so wins or losses or amount of submissions inflicted or eaten per class is might be one metric, but what we've concluded right now is that it's not probably it's probably not the best metric. No, it is one metric. It's I a think, metric. I you know, if you're submitting... Let's say you couldn't submit... You're a white belt two striper, and when you first started, you couldn't submit the four striper. Couldn't submit a one striper. You know, and then now you're submitting them on the regular. Yep. That goes to show that you're progressing, that you're improving. Yes. 
it doesn't take into account how you're submitting them. Maybe your you know fist in the throat choke is <laughs> yes, annoying people, and they're just like they don't want to get. I don't want to deal with it. They don't want to have to deal with like a fist in the throat, for example, and they tap. I mean, I don't, so, think, I don't think it counts if you're uh, a bigger two-stripe mm. white belt and then you physically just smash a four-stripe white belt who's much smaller than you. Yeah, there I you mean, go. So does now, that tap... I'm not saying it doesn't count as a tap. But not all taps are equal, are they? No, they're not. Yeah. You, let's say you're grappling with someone, you bend their fingers back and like they tap. Say, hey, hey. So yeah, there you go. That's a tap. <laughs> win. Yep. You know, so so I guess if you're going into class all the time, I heard this from one of our students um, that at a formal school, they'd have people come up. How many taps did you get tonight? Yeah, how many did you get? And it's just not an interest. It's not an effective way of creating I, long-lasting progress. I remember when I was a white belt training, I used to have that kind of. Oh, I got like six taps today. I'm the, I'm a. Because you didn't understand it, no, I guess. Exactly right. You know, so. Um, and you know, as we said, taps are one measure. Um, but there are also many other ways of determining progress in your jits. So how can we do it better? How can we measure our progress in order to manage our jiu-jitsu better? I have a really nice one. What's that? You mentioned before, you know, when you come to jiu-jitsu, you're putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Yep. You're no longer feeling uncomfortable and panicked in positions. I think that's a huge first step. Um, and I think it's a huge step in progress. Mm. You know, the first time you're underneath a higher belt and they're kind of working you over. Yeah. Don't tell me you never panic. Like, I, it, it's a thing. You, mm-hmm. you, you go into this fight mode because yes. it, it's uncomfortable. You're getting pressured from this person on top of you who knows how to distribute their weight way better than you do. Uh, so then it creates a response and you're like get off me and you just really want to get them off you and you don't know how uh, and, and it's very uncomfortable oh man it's very uncomfortable when you fight and you yeah you got out but it, you probably fought and blew your arms out and your legs out like with just physicality and you're sore now because you panicked whereas yep. the next step is how can you become comfortable in that position to do it more technically and more efficiently so yes. I think that's a huge. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. It's comfort. All right, so I'm jumping the gun, but the second point that we make, and that is, um, so, well, how do you measure how comfortable you are? You're breathing. Bang! Right there. That's one of our. That's one of our pointers right here. So you're breathing during rolls. Okay, mm-hmm. I think is a beautiful measure of progress. So. The better I get at jiu-jitsu, the more relaxed I am during my rolls. So today I've, during the couple of privates that I did today, we had some students put me in like really bad positions. You know, my back was taken, I was stuck underneath side control, and I was super calm and super relaxed. So that kind of helps me realize that I'm getting much better, you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable in the bad spots. Um, claustrophobia is a big one and I think as a white belt you're not quite used to being stuck underneath somebody you can't deal with the thought of impending submission because in your brain your brain still perceives it as impending death Yeah, and And it's like oh my lord so even though you know it's a game you know that the person's going to let go of you you still perceive it to be like a death on its way and you crap your pants badly and that's uh, that's completely normal as a beginner. 
Yep. You know, so when you uh, when you start, it's it's all chaos. You squeeze your own muscles too much. You clench up your own jaw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you pant loudly. Everyone can hear you. You blow a, blow a blood, ve- blood vessel in your forehead. From or your eyeballs. Sometimes your eyeballs, like, you just blow blood vessels because you've been trying too hard. Yeah. Um, all, that all shows immense strain. And strain, for the most part, doesn't help you when you're training. If anything, it takes away from your effectiveness. You know? So... When you're training and you can't think of anything, let alone the need to stay calm, that's one side of the spectrum, okay? And as you get better and more along this spectrum, you're more able to process everything that's happening during the role. So soon enough, your attention won't be in survival mode. Instead, you're feeling each position, you know, and you're plotting your next moves. So when somebody had me in... Side control today, I was like, okay, my neck's safe. My arms are actually safe for the most part. I'm framing against the person, even though they're not in the best positions, but I need the person to move in order for me for myself to get into a better position as well. So if I had less experience, my heart would have started beating, panting really loud, and that probably would have led to my demise. Yep. But I was able to stay calm because of the experience, let's say, and I found my way out of there. Look, I mean, it's and that measure of staying calm. It's mm-hmm. not like you just magically flip, flip a switch one day, and you're a master at it. I mean, I mean, I've been ten years into my journey, and sometimes I'm underneath you in under a position, and I start going, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap!" Yeah, and then, and I, I, but I can recognize that, but I still feel myself escalating that yeah panic, and, and I'm then like, I Wait hear, a minute, and then I can hear that, and then I'm just like, "I got him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so I've got to, I've got to be able to turn that back off. Yes, but I'm getting even in that situation is as we said before this is an endless thing you're always got to be refining these skills most definitely um, even when you get to your higher belts you're still going to feel that from people when they're putting it on you yep uh, and good jujitsu comes when you're not panicked most definitely why because feeling things and actively thinking requires calmness which isn't panic and it requires energy in the form of oxygen to your brain, hence why your breathing needs to be in check. So when you find yourself flowing in class and in a grapple, the chances are you're also having a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. and the chances are you're also breathing like a normal person. Probably a little bit labored, like a little bit. No, you look, you know, like- Still working. You're working, most definitely you're working, but it's not like, like it's not like very very shallow breathing especially through the mouth you might be able to think okay take it easy take a few breaths you know you 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 have enough capacity within your brain to to go to the point where you're questioning how you're breathing you're becoming aware of your breathing you know so so i think you ought to give yourself a pat on the back in that case because it's a big big win in the long-term journey of your jiu-jitsu progress. So if there's one there, if you're breathing better during grapples, we give you a high five because we think you're, you're, that's one marker of progress, which I think is great. Um, the Another one that I think is really important, um, my good friend and mentor, Zoran Kovic, is a, a thought and Christ practitioner, says what you pay attention to flourishes. So 
basically what that means is where you put your efforts will reap rewards that you're after. In my thoughts, the number of consistent sessions per week that you come to will help you understand your markers of progress. So if you're consistently coming to five sessions a week and you've got that down pat, then good for you. That's progress, I think. You know, so there's a couple parts to this. If you're just coming in and just going through motions and not really challenging yourself and not there's 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 an there's a a way to come into class and not get better i think that's partly to do with the school it's partly to do with the culture it's partly to do with the programming of the school um and it's also for sure partly to do with you as well but i feel like people who come into class at higher you need to come in in order to get better yeah there's no two ways about that which is why I'm saying the number of times you come in per week, like consistently, is a big factor in your progress. Yep. So that's one thing that you can control. You know, how often do you come in per week? I'd like to, like, from my own experience, and I know there's, well, I believe there'd be many people out there who are similar to me. Uh, we perceive how much more, we over uh, estimate how much we actually do. Uh, in in terms of you know we might think that we go three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think that I was training four days a week, and then I actually started recording it. Yeah, right. And it turns out I was only doing two, sometimes three. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm doing four to five, sometimes even more sessions a week. Yeah, because I do Wednesday, I do Monday, I do Wednesday, I do Fridays. Turns out most Fridays I was actually at the pub. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in my head, I, I was like, oh yeah, because I train the occasional Friday, I train consistently this many days a week. Yeah. But in reality it's not actually there so if you want to get a true measure mm-hmm. of your consistency you should start to record it that's a big point Maddie. um uh, since i've done that and i mean i've been trained i've been tracking my training for years um literal years uh, but it, it made a big difference because i was able to see with a simple thing like i would i just have an excel spreadsheet that i just put in sure jujitsu whatever you know Mm -hmm. i have a list of the dates classes i've attended and i can actually visually see how consistent i am now again that may not be an approach for everyone well it reminds me of when we're doing like nutrition coaching um through pn um getting people to record what they eat is a big wake-up call for a lot of people because you hear it i'd hear it all the time i eat pretty healthy Mm. it's like oh yeah write it down you know say oh snickers here well, oh, yeah snickers here like, you know actually, like I'll stop sneaky little milkshake there yeah. maybe like a maca stop here um a lemonade here or there yeah and then if you actually write that down you might um be quite surprised at what you come up with you know and you're like oh hold on maybe i don't eat as healthy as what i once thought mm. So uh, to your point, I think we have a very good ability to kid ourselves because um, it's comfortable to kid yourself yes. and it's uncomfortable to see the reality at times. And so that's why... You're actually eating one more bowl of ice cream a week than you thought you were or per day if it's my case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or like Cokes, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, so... 
I guess writing things down just gives you awareness of what you're actually doing or what actual reality is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and with regards to this concess- number of consistent sessions per week, um, you can attend the open mats and not do much at all, you know, but you're not kidding anyone with that. But if you're attending open mats, you're on the mats. Time on the mats, I think, is a real benefit because we're not always talking about just random stuff on the mats. Usually on the mats, for the most part, we're talking jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And if you're talking jiu-jitsu and if you're around jiu-jitsu, you're probably going to get better. doesn't mean that every time you come into class, you have to be just razor-focused on just jiu-jitsu no don't talk to me about anything else I'm not talking about my weekend mate I've lost focus on our conversation in this time (laughs) right and and that's we're humans is my point you're going to lose focus that's fine but just spending an hour here or there adds up that's what I'm saying yeah so like just be around the environment and that's going to add up for you so you know what I refer to here is consistent mindful attention Mm -hmm. which equates to hours of jiu-jitsu training on the mats throughout the week consistently and the consistency that I'm talking about here is a big thing. It's, I think it's difficult when you go, you know, five times in one week or eight times in one week and then zero times the next. I used to be a sucker for that too. Yes, you would. So. And, you know, but you learn from things, right? Um, so life gets in the way for sure. Yeah. Um, well, why, did, why were you like that? What would happen? As I said, it'd be like in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, I've trained all this time this week. And then, you know, someone invites you out on a Friday. You go, oh, yeah, I'll go for after work drinks. Uh, and then you just don't go on Friday night. And then maybe some, maybe you have a big weekend. You skip Monday. So then the next week you just go in on the Wednesday. Yeah. But in your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, I can I'll go, three, I'll go three times a week. I train three times a week. But yeah. re- reality actually shows that, you know, there's this, I had an excuse on Monday why I didn't go. I had an excuse on Friday. So then the next week I wouldn't go out on that weekend and then I'd come in and do like eight classes or whatever it was. Yep. But then the following weekend I'd have a big weekend and be like, oh yeah, going out with the boys, it's going to be mad, big night. Yeah. You know, um, so it, the time away adds up. Big nights add up. Yeah. One thing John Danaher said on the um, JRE recently, that the recent podcast that they did, and it's early June now, um, he was, talk- he was saying that skills are perishable. And that's really interesting because I feel like some skills like will always be there. But I'm also certain that skills are perishable as well. I'm not certain, but, you know. So, for example, riding a bike. You know how to ride a bike. If you know how to ride a bike once, then it's like, you'll be a bit rusty, that's but why you jump phrase, on. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike, yes. It should yes. come back naturally to you. But jiu-jitsu, I don't think, is quite like that. There's parts of it that Like, are. you get very rusty quickly there's a balance to this because sometimes I've I've been off the mats for a week during my sabbatical weeks right mm-hmm. when I take a week off the mats yep. and I come back the week after I'm like oh my lord A, am super enthusiastic about it mm-hmm. my body feels great I'm hungry and I'm like I feel like wow but I haven't really even stopped thinking about jiu-jitsu mm. during the week like I'm still thinking about it but I'm just spending time away from the mats. So when I come back after a week, but my question is, my point is like, what if it was two weeks or three weeks well, or four weeks? I, then I really feel like my skills would diminish. I have two, slowly great, but surely. two great examples of evidence of this diminishing. The first was I, I had my first sabbatical, what, like a, a month ago? Yeah. And that was over two weeks. I kind of dropped my attendance 
by about 80%, roughly. So I still came in here. It was supposed to be seven days, maybe. It was meant to be, but it didn't really work out that way. (laughs) But so over two weeks, I kind of came in for like three days, maybe four days over those two weeks. Yeah. Where normally I'd be there five days, six days. Yeah. Uh, So 12 times in two weeks, and and I dropped it down to three or four. Yeah. And I and I feel like now my brain is only just catching up to where I was in terms of mm. just like understanding by body mechanics and just being able to figure out solutions on yeah. the fly. The other example I have was COVID. So obviously, depending on where you live, here in Sydney, we had uh, when COVID first hit in Australia, we had a three-month lockdown. The gyms were closed. We couldn't mm-hmm. train. And I remember coming back and I was helping you out with one of the teens classes. Yeah. And you asked me to teach an elbow escape. And this is something that I was comfortable teaching. And I looked at you and I was like, how the hell do I do an elbow <laughs> escape? And that is, yeah. elbow escape's like my bread and butter. Like that's the, I don't, I don't even do any other escapes from underneath Mount. I elbow escape Yes, you do. But elbow escape's a very important one. It's, it's my bread and butter is my point. Like, yeah, yeah I do other ones, but that's the, my highest percentage is the elbow escape. And then here I am, and I'm like, how do I do an elbow escape and teach it to these kids? Like, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't elbow escape, and I was like, oh, crap. I remember that. No. I was like, immediately that was three months, right? Like, banza. So three months of zero jujitsu. Yep. But my point is, skills are perishable. And my point is, with regards to consistency throughout the week, why? Why? Because of momentum. Yeah. You know, when the previous lessons are hot in your mind and your thoughts are fresh from the last time, maybe you got pinged last time, you got submitted, or you submitted somebody, or your coach showed you a detail, you know, or you saw like something online, then it's in your head. So it's kind of fresh in there, you know, and, and going back to the laboratory, that's the perfect way to keep improving and keep building on things. And consistency is how you progress in the most optimal way and how you ensure your jiu-jitsu is progressing as opposed to regressing. Come lockdown situation, like we didn't have much of a choice, you know, which is, that was just a weird year. But um, when you can, when you have the ability, like be consistent. And let's say consistently coming six days a week is like breaking you down, then maybe five times a week is a better idea, you know, and just kind of play it by ear, keep the balance. Balance is important for sure, but that doesn't mean that you take... You, 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 you balance doesn't come at the expense of consistency yep consistency is so important like that day to day consistency uh, if you're like me I'll fall asleep thinking of jujitsu problems I have mm-hmm. and sometimes it just hits me like a light bulb right before I drift off to sleep what the solution is All right. and yeah. the fact that I come in the next day and then I can test that theory yep. is what helps it stick in my mind yeah right if I skipped a day, I'd forget my solution for sure. So if, if I then skipped a day or two, I'd forget the solution and the problem altogether. What about in the second and a half month of the lockdown? Were you thinking jiu-jitsu before you slept? No. <laughs> no, I was not. So that's, I was thinking that's the, the video right games there. I was playing for the two months. Fuck, mate. <laughs> that's what you were doing for the three months, weren't you? I was playing video games. I did it like... Some Uber eating, but a lot of video games. At least you're safe, eh, Maddie? You're yeah, safe. Safe from the virus. <laughs> but I was like, I mean, that was bad. That was not healthy. I was doing like 16 hours a day of video games. Wake up, game, 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 sleep. Fuck. Um, but that's, I guess it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I couldn't leave the house. And hindsight, like, you can look back on it and you could leave the house. You wow. could go for your little jog and come back. Nah. 
No. <laughs> jogging? Jogging's not jujitsu. That doesn't interest me. You can go shoot some double legs in the park or something. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, so um, there, there are a couple means of, there are a couple, you know, progress metrics. Here's another one that I think is really big. And that is length of time without an injury. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, why do you think it's a good one? Injuries happen when you don't know what you're doing. Uh-huh. It sounds it sounds silly. Look, yeah, it can happen because your partner went through your arm or your shoulder or your, your knee. Like, that can be a thing. But that also, to a degree, means they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. in the sense that they didn't have the control to apply the control. I'd say the control to apply the control. They didn't have, like, the, their own body mechanic and awareness <coughs> to, control, to apply a, a lock yep. without overextending it. Mm-hmm. I should be able to put you in an armbar and say you're done, mate. Mm-hmm. And and you should know. Um, another John Danaher point is like control versus break, right? Yes. So, and that's that's an important, I like um, proponent of training, the ability to control an arm, control a limb, control your own body in order to not hurt your partners. Most definitely, and vice versa, knowing when you're controlled. Yeah, and if you're coming onto the mats in order to improve on your life, in order to get better um, off the mats as well as on the mats, then getting injured isn't putting you in that direction. So, you know, there might be some practitioners, many practitioners who are better than you, but they've also ravaged their bodies and they continue to inflict harm on themselves in the name of performance. These are students who will have to quit eventually simply because they can't just, they just cannot go any further. How many, I wonder how many black belts have got, I wonder how many blue belts have gone to blue belts. Like, all right, I'm done now. That's it for me. How many, anybody, you know, once they get a belt or something. And how many people have trained and then had to give up because of the, because of the injuries? Mm. So if you're not getting injured, then you're doing a good job of being on the mats. Like, I think your, your jiu-jitsu progress is, is awesome. Yeah. And I don't care. I'd much rather, if there's a spectrum of, like, no injury and not training hard, I don't think you can collate those two. Like, injuries and then training hard. So, my point Define is... training hard. Well, some people might say, well, if you're not getting injured every now and then, you're probably not training hard enough. And I think that's really stupid. <laughs> that's that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So if you are training hard and, uh, and you're uncomfortable sometimes, you can have discomfort without being anywhere near injury. And that's where you can learn. You do need to be uncomfortable to get better and to grow and to progress. But we can adjust the level of discomfort. Hey, you don't even have to get near the injury. I think that's what, that, that, like, that's what I'm talking about right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... These wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of people come into the art, you know, and they, they create destruction of their own bodies, sometimes of other people's bodies, and then they're out. Mm. Um, and these are, these are the short-term practitioners. Um, and they might come in and get better, but they're going to quit. So Chris Howter had a beautiful saying. He goes, it's not who's 
well, I'm probably going to ruin it. Sorry, Chris Halter, but it's not who's um, better; it's who's left. Mm. It's not who's the best; it's who's left. And that's a measure of progress right there. Like you being on the mats consistently. I haven't knock on wood. I'm not even going to say it, right? Because I don't want to. Inj- I don't want to jinx anything. But you know, both of us, Maddie, we've been. We haven't been injured for for long time. A while, yeah. And if we were constantly getting injured, if we're getting injured more than what we have been, then I dare to say that our progress would be hampered. Yeah, and look, I mean, there's little, you know, minor things that happen. No serious injuries, I think, is a better way of saying it. For example, my arm got caught in that weird thing. I don't even know what happened to it, but it's better now. It was healed yeah. in a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but it was still time where I couldn't use my arm for that week. Mm-hmm. Healed in a week. That's not... That's a minor injury. That's not like a ACL completely blown out six months off training. That's well, that's yeah. the injury that we're trying to talk about here. You shouldn't be getting those. Even injuries. even an elbow injury that keeps you off the mats for like a month or something like that. Like that's not cool. That's not conducive to progress. No. Um, Skills perish. I got, I got accidentally kneed in the lip today. And I had a I have a fat lip. Can you see it? It looks pretty normal. So well. You know, that, they're not the injuries that we're talking about. No. They're like little mini bumps and bruises that are going to happen. So I had a black belt put a, try and put a choke on and they chipped my teeth. <laughs> so that's a minor injury. It doesn't really count. Move your teeth out of the way then. Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, so, so you, my friend, you're different. We are different. We got into this for the improvement, like to, to make our lives better, not to hurt ourselves, not to ravage our bodies. I, I our mean, egos are in check. And we understand that this world isn't comprised like simply around you. There are others in here and we think of them as well, which is why you don't see the need to sacrifice yourself and your body parts for that little bit more of performance. Um, I think we can like, dial back a little bit on that so that we can see consistency and we can see the long-term um, progress. I, um, oof. excuse me. I, I, I met a black belt at a seminar. I don't remember which seminar it was. Yeah. But he'd basically just come back after having a double hip replacement. Wow. And this guy was like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. like, are you a black belt anymore then? Like, you can't even use your hips? Not that I'm disrespecting his skills, but more to what you're saying yeah. is he can't really train or, or do anything with his guard anymore because he obviously pushed the limits of performance and what his body is capable of to the point where he had to have both his hips replaced. Double hip replacement. Do you double, know how terrible that is? How old is he? he? He was under 40. That's sad. Now, this is a guy who was like, yeah, he did his warm-ups. He was there. He was there to learn. Yeah. But he couldn't really perform even the basic stuff that we were doing. It's yeah. like, okay, so you got your black belt, you got your black belt, and now those skills are gone because you tried too hard to reach this performance and put too much load on your body. Yeah. So in the long term, I feel like the person who stays on the mat, they will stay on the mats because they won't have to get double hip replacements. Yeah. I think his days are numbered. Sorry. That's like what I'm saying. Mats, they're numbered. I think he, it won't be long till he's getting run through by lower belts. Hopefully they have sympathy for him. Yeah, not because his skills aren't there, but because his body can't handle it anymore. Yeah. And so maybe the lower belts are going to start like progressing and getting much better than him because they're on the mats and they have the ability to stay on the mats. Yes. 
um, which is why we're kind of bringing it back to that metric of length of time without an injury. Mm-hmm. So that means don't get injured, people. Like, do your utmost to not get injured. Even if you have to dial it back a little bit, like dial it, turn it down a notch, you know, and see the injuries coming before they actually come. Because injuries aren't fun and games. Honestly, man, I'm saying this by experience. No one, if anyone, no one told me like that, not that they had to tell me, but I I hurt myself once and have like a lifelong injury. It's like, what the hell? And it can happen, it happened in the blink of an eye. I didn't know I'd go into that competition and then my shoulder would get ripped off and now I've got no cartilage, let's say, and I've got an arthritic shoulder that affects, like, that hurts, like, most days. Like, I didn't know that could happen. If, if you told me before that, that that could happen, I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just a combat sport. It's part of the part of it. but And it is part of it. But if you're there training... Look, if you're a world champion, things are different. But the vast majority of us, I think everybody who's listening to this podcast right now doesn't intend on being a super world champion. No, we're, we're... Correct us if we're wrong. If you really want to be a world champion, just let me know. And that's fine. Like, we'll make a few different episodes for you. But in this case, you're an everyday person, you know, and you want to, you just want to enjoy jiu-jitsu. You want to have a great time on the mats and off the mats. And if that's the case, like, don't get injured, man. Do your best. Do your mm-hmm. utmost to not get injured. And sometimes it's going to happen. Yep. But tr- do your utmost to, to prevent. That might mean there was, an inc- there was something that happened today it might mean tapping a little bit earlier. <clears throat> Maybe someone that doesn't have the armbar on completely. Like, just freaking tap before they're it. Yeah. And say, hey, man, good job. Up tap. Yep, yep. Nice work. You got me. Oh, but, man, I didn't even apply the, the submission. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all good. You got it. You, you're going to get it anyway, buddy. So, good job. <clears throat> and then, they got, like, that could have saved you an, an elbow or a knee or an ankle or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that concept's kind of like... For some, that might seem a bit airy fairy. Oh, if you didn't, but he didn't even have you caught. You could have got out of it. Yeah, but I mean, what if it's a, a leg lock? There, I, I know. Even armbars, ta- even armbars, right? If someone's coming at my I, arm. I think the example of a leg lock is more apparent in talking about the ability to walk afterwards. I know I've been caught in heel hooks that probably weren't on, but I still tapped mm-hmm. because I don't want that to all of a sudden be on when I wasn't, when neither of us were anticipating the movement the other person did because I like the ability to walk. Mm. I will tap early on any of those things because for whether it be accidents, me me turning the wrong way, them turning too far, whatever it be, I think we all appreciate the ability to walk. <laughs> I think most people yeah. would be up shit creek without a paddle in terms of getting to work and these other things mm-hmm. and just general life sustainability outside the mats yeah. if they couldn't walk. I agree with that. And it's also not to say that you're being reckless with other parts of your body because it's not your legs. Correct. But I think it's just a great example. I think everyone can identify with that. You know, <coughs> could you... Could you Pop a rib and tell me how you feel. Oh, imagine trying to breathe with a popped rib. No. Terrible. I don't want to. <laughs> so, so imagine... Trying to get around, you know, with your right arm in a sling. Yeah. Imagine, you know. Imagine your dominant hand can't use it. Imagine getting your eye poked and not and losing eyesight. I feel like every parts of every part of our body. My eyes. I'm so protective of my eyes. Don't talk about them. Mm, yes, and 
It's like the UFC, man. Do you remember that the Bilal Muhammad? I don't want to see poke. those eye pokes, bro. That scared me. I was that. like, what are we doing? Um, in any case, like I think we just need to have full respect for our bodies because when after the fact, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this is this isn't good. No. This is no good. And being injured is never good. So let's. Um, I think that's we need to we need to do that better. Is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And sure, it's a combat sport. Yeah. But we can practice it, and we don't have to actually. hurt. That's why we're practicing it, so we don't ha- so we don't get hurt in a situation. So don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, enough of that. The next one. You tell me what you think about this, matey. How do you measure your progress on the mats? By the amount of fun that you're having. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, like, so maybe get tapped on the mats. On the regular, you get tapped. But did you die? Like, are you are you being hurt? Inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. I die each Well, time. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Good. Because you don't want to get tapped. No. No, you don't. But you can still get tapped and then finish a class and still have had a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. You know, and if your classes are filled with excitement and anticipation in getting there, like you come into class, I have a lot of students and we say, they say, oh man, coming to jiu-jitsu is the best part of my day. I think that's the case for a lot of people. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want it to be. That's what what it ought to be, yes. Because you're doing this for fun. If you get injured, that's not going to be the best part of your day. It's not. But what if you're putting too much much, um, pressure on yourself to be better? Mm. Then again, you're on a slippery slope slowly to taking away the fun and then what that's going to mean is you're going to stop training and then there goes your progress yep. so I think it's very important that we keep it playful and we just have a whole bunch of fun you know like we come we meet our awesome friends we shoot the shit we talk a whole bunch of like fun smack all the time you know you get to move your body in ways you never thought you would you never thought would be possible yep um you build movement skills you can show your friends that don't do jiu-jitsu you can show them your forward rolls and backward rolls and you can do a whole bunch of random stuff that you didn't think you could do beforehand you know you feel great your confidence is on point you know um you go home after after a, a session on the mats you go home with a big smile on your face you know, and so like, and you know as well as I do, and people that do jujitsu that are listening know that you can be having the worst day, jump on the mats, and before you know it, all your all your problems are just dissipate with the sweat on your body. So everything just just leaves your body. Your brain kind of moves away from problem, problem, work, stress, stress and it goes to chokes, arm bars, mechanics. Like that's a good thing for you. Mm. And you're doing it amongst, hopefully, a community of people that you really like and mm-hmm. trust and become friends with. And yes. that makes it even better because the people you train with become good friends of yours. Mm-hmm. You're excited, you're alive, and there isn't much in this world that gives you this feeling as well as being legal and healthy at the same time, right? Mm. In short, you're having fun. This is a good thing because fun and play tend to lack in a typical adult's life these days. Mm. I think that does. Um, Now, if you get submitted X number of times, it doesn't need to take away from the satisfaction of the whole experience. If you think about how much fun you had while having that experience, Mm. the outcome 
of performance of that set experience won't be as significant um, if that makes sense. So, okay, I got submitted three times in class. I got choked, I got armbarred, I got leg locked. But I left this class and I had the best time of my life and I learned details like, man, that's a, that's a win. And if you're consistently improving, you're consistently getting, like, having fun on the mats, then I think that's a great measurement of progress right there. And again, in the absence of fun, you're probably going to stop. Because wh- why are you doing it otherwise? If it's not enjoyable for you, like, why would you possibly be doing it? Mm. Have you ever, dis- have you ever, here's a question, have you ever not enjoyed Jiu Jitsu? Look, I'm sure there's days, but no, <laughs> no. Like, don't get me wrong, there's days I, I want to throw my belt in the bin. Mm. But that's disrespectful to to you, my coach, who gave me the belt. Mm-hmm. That's disrespectful to the, the person who beat me up and, and exposed all my, 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 the holes in my game. Yep. So yes, I get upset. But then at the same time, I relish in the opportunities that I have more to learn and more to work on. That excites me. It's just you've got to, there are times you have to deal with, uh, uh, I don't want to say grief, but uh, the emotional aspect of, you know, not performing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I still have fun. Yeah. I still have fun. Like, even when I'm losing, I still have fun. Yeah, like I, I'll be. Because why would you even deal with that challenge if you weren't having fun at yeah. the end of the day? If it's a constant slog, though, oh, if you're coming into the mats and you're just getting whooped every single time, and you're not deriving any kind of enjoyment from that, then I wouldn't really ex- like. I wouldn't. Yeah. Expect you to stay on the mats, if I'm honest, because I I enjoy it. Well, I mean, that being said, you, you kind of have to go through. A- when you're starting jiu-jitsu, you have to go through a period of coming on the mats and getting whooped. As, yeah, and my point is, like, just you need to keep having fun whilst doing yes. that. I look. I mean, I have a lot of fun. Uh, I I like I like to shit talk to people who are beating me. Yeah. Because I think even though I'm losing, it kind of makes it more fun and playful. Uh, it, probably not the most tactful thing to do when you're getting your ass whooped. But again, it brings that fun into it. Yes. Um, trying to make it playful, even though I'm losing, mm-hmm. and it ha- that's a way of mitigating the the negative emotions of lo- of getting whooped. Yeah. Well, um, I guess being like wanting to do better isn't necessarily not having fun. Mm. You know. So um, I think I have. I'm having. I always have fun with jiu-jitsu. I think as a, as a business owner of jiu-jitsu school and a coach, you just got to be. That's why the, the sabbatical is in play as well because I want to stay super enthusiastic about it. But you know, if you're doing twelve-hour days, six days a week, it's you're a human as well. Yes. Um, but I've always loved it. I know I've loved it. Sometimes I've gotten like slightly just tired, mentally, yeah, yeah, physically, yeah. fatigued, fatigued. It's not to say I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and so that's when, like, you know, scheduled rests are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In any case, there you have it, people. Make it sustainable. 
has to be sustainable because it's like again as Chris Alta said Chris Alta I can't ruin this quote because it's a, such a beautiful quote it's not um, it's not who's good it's who's left I was pretty close there pretty, pretty close close yeah. enough close enough um, and I want to I'm going to be the guy that's left I know I will be but I just have to have to be careful I have to kind of make sure of that play the long game yeah, exactly we're playing the long game here so there you have it people there's a few different ways to measure your progress on the mats um, maybe these ways can help you decrease the amount of pressure you feel to perform and when you decrease the pressure you increase the satisfaction and this is the best way to learn when you're satisfied when you're enjoying yourself when you learn you improve and you ultimately get what you want just with less force and less more efficiency let's say that um, and that's what jiu-jitsu is all about. It's a tool that you can use to reflect on your life and your patterns and how you approach different situations. The leverage is there only with a different perspective or approach or means to an end. Um, this is what makes all the difference, you know, learning leverage, mm-hmm. learning how to play your cards right on the mats and off the mats. So take your jiu-jitsu time. Decrease the expectations of performance. Um meaning maybe don't think so much about the tapping situations, you know, and increase the fun and do jiu-jitsu for a lifetime. I think it's by far the best way of doing it, if I'm honest. Absolutely. Any parting thoughts, Mr. Mateos? Um, no, I think we pretty much nailed it. I just want to say um, I very much enjoy chatting with you and thank you for doing it. And I hope everyone else enjoys these conversations. Pleasure, my man. Um, I hope they help you get better. That's why we're doing this, ultimately. I want you guys to um, get better and improve. And I think in the 13-plus years that I've been training and the 10-plus years that Maddie's been training, we've learned a couple things. Mm. And I think that people um, people can... I think people can do jiu-jitsu better. And that's why we're here, just to impart a little bit of um, discourse on the different aspects of it and how we can all improve this art and improve ourselves on the mats and off. So fellas and ladies, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Us. Us and out.